Welcome to Music She Missed, the podcast where I attempt to get my best friend caught up with some of the most popular songs and artists that impact our lives. I'm Allison. Hi, I'm Rachel, and I missed all the music. You sure did. <laughs> but you love to teach me. I do. So, Rachel, we've got another week ahead of season three. We're going through all different, we're just covering like a wide swath of yeah, we have. music. You enjoying yourself? I am. This has been a different season compared to the past ones. I agree. Because I really think I'm really taking in season one and two, and if it really is changing how I'm experiencing season three. It's true, because so many of the artists have influenced you know, each other yeah. and are drawing from each other, and the more you listen, the more you're able to see where those things come exactly. from. Exactly, and then also just realizing that I don't know a lot about music, I'll be like sending you text messages. Have I heard about this person or this person or that person? And I'm like, wow, I can't believe we're this far in season three, but we have so much more to go because I want to learn more. Yeah, we've covered like 25 people. <laughs> <laughs> so hundreds more to go. So um, my tangentially rec uh, related question for you this week to introduce this artist. Okay. Uh, as of this recording, we are approaching Halloween. Audience, we have no idea when you might be listening to this, but at least as of right now, Halloween's in like two days. So I'd like to know um, from you, Rachel, what is your favorite Halloween tradition or Halloween-related item? Oh, um, I would say just dressing up and going around house to house and telling people to put candy in my bag. So... Everything about Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> just trick-or-treating. and just Trick-or-treating. And having fun as a family. Like, yeah. I always remember, like, um, we didn't do trick-or-treating. Oh, I'm going to go with my friend Stacy. Oh, I'm going to go with my friend Danielle. You it was it more together. together as a family. And it was just a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, these past few years, uh, my husband and I kind of, like, coordinated. Yes. There was one year that was super fun, that it was super easy, honestly. We were the prices right. Yes. And he was a dollar more and I was a dollar less. <laughs> that was cute. Yeah, and then little prices right boards. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes we do all coordinating ones, but most like most of the time we don't. This year is really cute because I got a new haircut. I am going to be Snow White because it's oh, that's nice and cute. You. I know. It is perfect. My daughter is going to be Jasmine, and so oh. she's going to be another princess. Okay. And then um, my husband, I really wanted him to be one of the, you know, the male figures in, in Disney, but he's going to be an emoji face, so... <laughs> He know. really dropped the theme there. Yes, <laughs> he dropped the ball there, but that's okay. He's still going to go out with a family. I'm happy. Okay. So my favorite thing about Halloween is pumpkins. Yes, I could see that. Which so, is related heavily pumpkins to the artist of this week. Is it Smashing Pumpkins? Yes. Oh, my God. You know who they are? Uh, that's about it. I, I have no idea if they're like rap or rock and roll or if they're grunge or if they're um, a cappella. I have no idea. Well, let's do a little fake reveal just because I can't live without the big reveal drum roll. And then I'll just Well, say why don't you time. do this? As you drum roll, why don't you tell me the genre? Because I have no idea what the genre is. <laughs> I just know that they're smashing pumpkins because there's a tradition where my husband grew up where they would take pumpkins and smash them down the hill. Yeah. And that's all I know about that. And my husband mentioned that. And he's like, yeah, it's like that band. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what that means. Ah, oh, your husband ruined it for me. What do you mean? That's all I know. That I'm, it's a band. I, I, know it's, I know it's the name, and I don't know what the genre is. And they're a band. That's it. Okay, well, let's ready. do the big reveal. Here we go. All right. Smashing Pumpkins are alternative rock. Oh, okay. So does that mean they're like Ben Fold? Was Ben Fold like? Uh, no, they're not like Ben Folds. Oh, um, are they like? They're not like Motown, but they're nope. like. Nope. <laughs> I guess. Do I know any songs by them? Well, let me throw out some titles at you, and we'll find out. Okay. They have a song called "Bullet with Butterfly Wings." Pass. Okay. Nineteen seventy-nine. Pass. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Pass. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Just, I'm not laughing at you. I just think that's an amusing title. Zero. <laughs> pass. Yeah, the, none of these. These are all going to be big I'm pass. serious. The only thing I know 
is the title of a band called Smashing Pumpkins. And now I know alternative rock. And that's well, about then it. I shouldn't even bother asking you anything else, should I? No. What else is there to ask? I don't know. Have you ever heard of Billy Corrigan? No. Yeah, I know who Billy that. Madison is. <laughs> Definitely different. Okay. All right. Well, then we should just go ahead and rate your current <laughs> knowledge. I would say point five. <laughs> you know that they exist. Point five. Sounds... Well, I don't know if are they all alive. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know because you kind of told me about that Kerbane guy. That Cobain. Oh, Cobain. Yeah. Kerbane. Cobain. Kurt Cobain. Cobain. Kurt Cobain. He's dead, right? He is. See, there's people like Michael Jackson is dead. Yeah. I don't know if Smashing Pumpkin people, because they could be that smashed. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, so we're just going with you don't know anything about these guys. Nope. So your homework is to listen to the hours-long Smashing Pumpkins playlist that I've created for you. Okie dokie. Every day for a week. Okie dokie. And then when... uh, that week's up. We'll come back together and we'll talk about it. See what you think. It'll be a moment for you all as listeners, but it'll be a week for me. <laughs> That's right. And got a special announcement. Really? I won't be alone. Really? We are bringing in a special guest host. Who? You might remember him from season two, Radiohead. Oh, yeah. Father Photius is coming back. He's very cool. I like him. He is cool. And he thinks... This band is the best band ever. This is his really? like, number one. So I, I feel been... bad that I don't know anything about them. No, it's great because it means you're coming to it with like a clean slate and you can just say, teach me, Father. Teach me what you know. <laughs> Okie dokie. Let's do it. All right, Rachel. See you in a week. Audience will be back with you in just a moment. Welcome back. Rachel, you spent the last week listening to The Smashing Pumpkins, but I would like to, before we jump in, Mm -hmm. introduce our special guest, Father Fodius. Welcome, Father. Thanks, Allison. It's great to be here again. It's (laughs) it's, uh, it's always a joy. We're glad you're here. We're very glad. Thank you so much for making the time. Oh, sure. So, Rachel, before we jump into the history, Mm -hmm. just general impressions. How was your week with uh, Billy Corgan and company? Um, I think the word of the week is surprising. Hmm. Um, in many ways. Um, so yeah. And I'm you're kinda... gonna save those surprises yeah. as surprises for later as in the they show. Come through. <laughs> they okay. may not be surprises for everyone else <laughs> because everyone else knows about the smashing pumpkins, but they're surprising for me. <laughs> okay. Well, um, why don't we start by talking a little bit about their history? And I know you have some questions. Yeah, I do. So I think the drummer really stood out to me. He's super okay. talented. Um, and so I was kind of curious of that formation of the band and how it started and began. Yeah, Father, who's in the band? Well, um, the band um, uh, consisted, at least in the classical lineup, right. of Billy Corgan on vocals uh, and guitar, uh, James Ehaw on guitar, Darcy Retsky on bass, and Jimmy Chamberlain on drums. Ah. Um, they started out in 1988. It was actually just three of them. Jimmy Chamberlain was not, uh, the drummer was not part of the lineup. Really? It was the three of them playing with the drum machine, and yeah. they were playing new wave music. They weren't playing rock. Which we haven't really talked about. Uh, no. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And you want to give like a one sentence new wave explanation? New wave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one sentence new wave explanation. Um, uh, this is the bold new pop music of the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, it's represented by bands like uh, Joy Division, mm-hmm. The Cars, Blondie. Um, uh, <laughs> Rachel's know. just like it's it's, it's 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 okay. It's it's totally okay. Um, but, uh, but the but, sound is poppy a little bit. It, yeah, yeah. It's it's a poppy sound. Um, uh, it, uh, it can be driven by synthesizers, but not oh. always necessarily. Um, but it, it that's it, what I think of. It. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it does provide, I would say, a more radio friendly sound oh. than than something like punk. Yeah, 
So they started out as that. What city were they in? Yeah. Chicago, Illinois. Really? Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. I was thinking they were more West Coast. Mm-mm. Because you're associating it with grunge. <clears throat> yeah, a little bit of that, but also just maybe some of the topics that they would sing about. Oh, yeah. Um, I just... The darkness. Yeah, the... <laughs> no. It's not um, exclusive to the West Coast. <laughs> no, but some of the bands that we've listened to and heard, I've noticed that the darkness, the sadness, and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe it rains a lot there. <laughs> maybe they're from Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, good guess, but... Um. <laughs> so what are um, so you talked about the new wave? What are some of the bands? So you mentioned the new wave bands. But what are some of their other musical influences? Well, um, uh, so certainly um, they did have new wave influences like you know like Depeche Mode and The mm-hmm. Cure and whatnot. Um, but as far as the rock music was concerned, uh, they um, they were rooted heavily in Black Sabbath. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Led Zeppelin, yeah, um, more up to their time, uh, a band like um, My Bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 so that accounts largely for sort of the the basis of their rock sound. But I definitely heard the rock part. But there's just is there really such a thing as like smooth rock? But there's some smoothness to it. Like, but it's just very hard in some, like, songs, like, one of my least favorite ones, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to push the skip button, I want to push the skip button, (laughs) but there's also, there's some beauty in the instrumental stuff, and so I kind of am curious about the instrument stuff. Do you have any influences from classical or jazz? Um, Jimmy Chamberlain, uh, before joining the Smashing Pumpkins, was a jazz drummer. Really? Um, uh, And first and foremost, he would consider himself a jazz drummer. Huh. So his his uh, his approach to the drums, you know, while it very much merged with um, Billy Corgan's version, uh, I'm sorry, vision uh, for you know the musical sound, uh, it, it, it definitely added uh, some nuance uh, to mm-hmm. it. Okay, so. cool. You, and you mentioned specifically that you noticed the drummer, so that's I did. Like, it. oh yeah. Um, so back in high school, a bunch of my friends were in this band, and one of my closest friends was um, Lori, and hi Lori for hearing this, <laughs> yay! Um, but she was the drummer, and like I remember one of the songs, and I can't remember which songs, there was just like this drummer riff, and then she started, and I kind of made me think back to her, because I think she played that riff or something like that. So you're saying that the band that your friends was in was like covering Smashing Pumpkins? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. No, she wasn't in Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> I am aware of that. I just <laughs> was wondering if like they were writing their own music and you were hearing Smashing Pumpkins like influences or... Yeah, some like riffs from the um, drummer. Oh, okay. So. Interesting. So let's talk about... Um, Wait, of... are they set called riffs or is that just for guitars? Fills? Uh, uh, Fills okay. would be the more appropriate term, okay. but nobody's judging. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm not. I'm, I'm not judging. That wouldn't be the thing that people would be judging you on in this show. I'm the priest. I'm not allowed to judge. Anymore. Okay, thanks. So, so. Anymore. This is yeah. my favorite guest. The rest of the church is totally allowed to judge. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's true. So, so let's talk about um, some of their earlier songs. We put uh, I Am One from Gish and then several songs from Siamese Dream. Uh, do you want to talk about their first hits and... Yeah. This is the 90s, by the way. Uh, in 1991, um, their first single, I Am One, hits the radio waves. And it's interesting because um, Gish, their debut album, which is definitely a rock album, mm-hmm. Billy Corgan had talked about how <clears throat> he had always wanted to play rock music. Hmm. And he was afraid to do so particularly Hmm. when he started the Smashing Pumpkins because in the late 80s it was not incredibly popular and even into uh, what was popular then? New Wave was still going pretty strong Um, as far as well 
artists who wanted to feel like they had integrity you know, felt like they needed to sound like The Cure or something like that. Oh, we haven't you know? done The Cure. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Okay, all right. We, we won't worry I'm about that. I'm thinking of, like, Grace yeah. Anatomy when I hear the, 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 the radio <laughs> waves were also dominated um, by, you know, as far as rock music like was concerned, bands. the hair bands, you, you know. Which what, we also really haven't Which it, Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> it, it, it was super radio friendly, but just, you know, super annoying. Um <laughs> But um, huh. uh, but um, Gish was really a bold move, uh, especially for a debut album for a band, because there really wasn't much else that sounded like it huh. uh, when it came out. And it wound up being largely overlooked, because a month later, after Gish was released, Nirvana released Nevermind. Yeah. And oh. entirely eclipsed um, all of uh, all of the impact of Gish, and so while it's a good album and a powerful album of their whole body of work, it's probably the most overlooked. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. And okay. Therefore, just put one song. Let's move on to Siamese Dream. <laughs> there we go. Moving on to Siamese Dream after the advent of uh, Nirvana. Okay, Siamese Dream uh, comes about in 1993. The band works with Butch Vig, uh, the legendary producer. This particular album proves to be a trying time for the band because Billy Corgan... Billy Corgan has sort of a reputation of being a control freak. Um, of wanting huh. everything, I can see that, but I can't. Everything being just so, and so when they went to record the album, the only two people in the studio were him and Jimmy Chamberlain, the drummer. And but remember, there's other people. In yeah, the yeah. So what? J- yeah, what James E. Hall, the, the other guitarist, uh, Darcy Retsky, were not, uh, did not record anything. With on them. the album right. with Billy them. actually recorded all the instruments all their parts himself and that's a bad sign for a band when you have yes. one person doing the jobs of other people it happened with the Beatles towards the end of their breakup oh yes I'm sure lots of other bands oh, where yes. it's like well I can play these instruments so uh-huh. I'll just record it because then it'll be the way that I want well yeah and mm. it, and it really it really uh, it almost broke up the band um, uh, Billy Corgan talks about how his friendship with James Ehaw, the guitarist, ended at that time. They continued to work together, but they were no longer friends. For some reference, the songs that are on this album that you listen to um, are Disarm, Mayonnaise, Today, and Cherub Rock. Okay. Yeah. Like, I like the Cherub Rock. That was like my number one. Oh, yeah. Um, I like the sound of that one. But the other ones, I was just, you know, I heard them a lot throughout <laughs> the week. But I don't know. I, I, I didn't mm-hmm. hear it there. But it was mm-hmm. only Cherub Rock that I would pull out from that album. I particularly loved Today because that little guitar rift is oh. one that oh, yes. we would all, when I yeah. was in playing guitar in high school and stuff, you're like, ding, 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 and you would just... <laughs> like pick it out. It sticks with you. It's yeah, a very um powerful song. Brings me back. It's got a really strong memory yeah, attached is. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um maybe this is a good time to mention mm-hmm. out of Chair Brock, and I think some of the that one specific album, his it's really hard to understand him. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like why? Is he having marbles in his mouth? What is he doing? <laughs> I, I, I just have to say right here, I do not like his voice. That's it is okay. irritating to me. I would love this band a lot more <laughs> if his voice wasn't like that. That is, that is okay. I personally love Billy Corgan's voice. Why? Uh, Why? It, it, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's an entire package, uh, the, the, the music is. There's no other voice which, uh, which sounds like him, even, even remotely. When you hear the Smashing Pumpkins playing, you know exactly who it is. Yeah. You know, people have made complaints about the vocals of other artists, like you know Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you but know, you still know it's Bob Dylan. When but you're but you know, but Bob you know Dylan. it's Bob Dylan. And and in my less than humble opinion, he's always awesome. 
you know. <laughs> uh, people have complained about Tom Waits, about Leonard Cohen. You know, again, mm. awesome songwriters, awesome performers, and you always know it's them. Mm. So, Rachel doesn't know it's them yet. Oh, okay. No, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to But it. this is a good example where if you heard a Smashing Pumpkin song that you hadn't heard before, mm-hmm. you still might go, oh, what is that? Nasally, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Nasally is definitely the way to, to characterize his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, he just um, sounds sick, maybe every song, <laughs> like he needs to go see an ENT. Well, <laughs> it's, a, it's his style, it, it, is. It, it, it's, it is, it's his distinct style. You, you, you know, it's him. You know, I, I think it would be difficult to ask Billy Corgan to stop sounding like Billy Corgan. I think it would be difficult to ask. You know Robert Smith of the Cure to stop sounding like Robert Smith. Right. You know so. Yeah. And may, and perhaps the uniqueness is one mm-hmm. of the things that makes them stand out. One of the myriad mm-hmm. things that makes them stand yes. out from other bands of the nineties. Even, okay. even if one does not particularly care for his voice, but generally appreciates the music, I think it is part of the overall package. Right. Gotcha. And that's gotcha. Fair. I would agree with that. So let's move forward. Let's talk about their masterpiece. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. This is a double album mm-hmm. with what? And how? <laughs> yeah, with five number one hits on wow. it. Wow! Oh yes. <laughs> um, these are the songs that, to me, scream Smashing Pumpkins and are the the main songs of like my youth. Yes. Hearing. Though at least at least for me, I remember I have like a very distinct memory of being in middle school in gym class doing like laps. Yeah. And walking with a girlfriend and her saying like the world is a vampire and then like yeah. singing it and uh-huh. i was just like what i don't know <laughs> what are you talking about yeah it took me a while to get caught up mm-hmm. yeah it's taken yeah. me definitely a longer while <laughs> it took a little longer as long as you get there okay? <laughs> right, we're it, it is about the journey it is so father what can you tell us about this Well, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness marks the pinnacle of the Smashing Pumpkins commercial Mm -hmm. success. And uh, mind you, it was a bold move for them. Okay, anytime uh, a a band wants to do a double album, it, it tends to make record labels nervous. Why? Well, because there's... Twice as expensive. Yeah, it, it, Uh. it, it is. And there's less that they can control. Um... Uh, there's all this material, and uh, the the background behind making the, the album was interesting because Billy Corgan did allow James E. Haw and Darcy Retsky back into the studio to record the album with him. So it really is all four of them on mm. on, on the tracks, you know. Um, but uh, but there were almost a hundred songs recorded, and those. 28 made the cut. 28 out of 100. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There Have were... they ever released? Yes. There is a, um, uh, there's the super deluxe edition of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. It's wicked expensive. Um, it, it's, it's well over 100 bucks. But, but it has, um, if, if, a song. if, yeah, yeah, if, <laughs> if not all of those tracks, it does have most of them. Hmm, um, and so, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, uh, uh pretty interesting. Th- this album really catapulted them into mainstream success. Okay. Um, uh, uh, b- because so many of the songs were indeed radio friendly. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, there were also, sort of more epic tracks which couldn't be played on the radio but people who bought the album were like oh gosh you gotta hear this yeah you know um you know so through the eyes of ruby uh you know things like that uh just you know at least for all the people i knew who ever purchased the album you know they liked the whole thing huh i really like the song melancholy and the infinite sadness i really like the piano and the strings yeah so you're saying billy corgan was the guitarist yes his friend was the guitarist the chick was the bass yes and then there's the drums um drumist drummer drummer sorry (laughs) drummerist (laughs) Drumission. (laughs) I suck. Okay, um, so who's the piano and who's strings? Billy Corgan. 
Um, really? On strings? Um, no, 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 no. Uh, the, the, uh, the, those are hired musicians, but the string part was indeed uh, written and arranged by Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan. Huh. Um, uh, what, what you're hearing on that track is a piano, but also another instrument called a mellotron. Um, the mellotron is the, the musical precursor to the sampler, where the sampler takes an actual recorded sound and loops it. Yeah. The mellotron has a, a keyboard on it, mm -hmm. and attached to each key is an actual reel of tape. With recorded sound on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. And so I think a lot of DJs have that. No, 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 no. The 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 the, the, mel the mellotron has been several times outmoded and is just super expensive. Okay. Um, just for studio. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't really bring a mellotron on tour because it's big and clunky and it's easy to break. Oh. And, um, and, and, and so, uh, so yeah, but he had string sounds put onto the Mellotron mm. and was able to do that. So that accounts for, uh, for some of the unusual kind of string yeah. sounds, you know, but then you hear actual acoustical string sounds okay. uh, accompanied with that. So that song is not one of the big hits. Mm -hmm. Um, it's I, the intro. Yeah. And I put it on the album to give you a different perspective yeah and I actually am really glad that you put it on the um, playlist I actually put it on one of my faves list yeah it's lovely it is a very lovely song and um, I think for me that's one of the reasons why I was surprised by this mm -hmm. week of Smashing Pumpkins mm -hmm. I was just not expecting um, for myself to enjoy it but when you put you know the playlist songs of knowing that maybe this would interest me or give mm -hmm. me a different perspective it really did, and it made me more accepting to them. Is there something else, Father, that you want to say about this album as a whole, or well, any of the hits on the album that Rachel heard? Well, um, gee whiz, I, I think there's too much to say about you know a, a, any one of the hits. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, um, per, perhaps I, I can touch on 1979. I and, enjoy that song quite a bit. Yes, yeah, that, that's that's a favorite for many people. Um, lyrically, it highlights. Uh, something that Billy, Billy Corgan does relatively often. You notice in listening to the lyrics, it, it doesn't seem like there's an actual literal meaning. Uh, and that's because there's not. <laughs> um, uh, you, you know, the, uh, the, the words and the phrases that have been selected and put together give more of an impression of, uh, of emotional states of you know places where one has been uh, and so they kind of they bring up at least for the person who hears it those own aspects of their experience like huh yeah I can kind of relate to that hmm. even though there's not you know like a literal meaning a, a crass term I would use for it is you know impressionism it creates more of an impression you know than telling a story or you know singing a line you know that sort of thing you know it, it, it just it evokes an emotional response helps gotcha. when you uh, can't understand the lyrics too <laughs> yeah. which you can understand the lyrics much better on on melancholy and the infinite sadness mm -hmm. and i don't know particularly if that's owing to the production style of alan Mulder and flood uh who headed up the uh, production team on that one or what but uh it certainly was the case so um we still have a lot more to cover sure mm -hmm. But I think that we should, unless Rachel, do you have any questions? I think we should kind of talk about the end. I mean, we have a couple more albums, yes. and then... So, you're saying the Smashing Pumpkins are no longer in existence? That is not true. That's why I wanted to, <laughs> to <laughs> kind of move forward, because it's, it's unusual. It's, 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 a, it's a tricky question. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah. After you, Father. Well, uh, so much happened, um, you know, f from the period of the the um, the Infinite Sadness tour in which they were promoting um, uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Uh, so much happened from that to the breakup of the band in the year two thousand. Right. Um, oh, in a way, yeah. the nineties ended. 
Well, 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 well no, no, it, it, it really, I really believe so, you know, um, you know, what, what happened, um, they had a, um, a live keyboardist traveling with them, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Melvoin, he's the uh, brother of Wendy Melvoin, uh, who, uh, worked with Prince in the Revolution. She played guitar for Prince. Rachel, I don't learn about Prince yet. It's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, he's it, alive. No, he's dead. Yeah. Recently yeah. passed. Um, <clears throat> very sadly. Um, uh, on the tour, um, the the touring keyboardist Jonathan Melvoin uh, died of a heroin overdose. On tour. On tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jimmy Chamberlain, the drummer was also using heroin and uh, Jonathan had died when both of them were using together. And so uh, that that was sort of a catastrophe within the band. Billy Corgan told Jimmy Chamberlain that he was fired. Um, you know, don't come back. That's it. You're over. And so... Um, and so the uh, the remainder of the tour was conducted with a drummer by the name of Matt Walker, um, who later went on to work with uh, Filter and other bands. He actually worked with Billy Corgan uh, when he did the um, uh, uh, the score for the um, Ransom soundtrack, the Mel Gibson movie that came out in like 1997 or something. So so the band breaks up, but Billy Corgan keeps making music. Well, yeah, well, the, the, the band, yeah, the, 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 the band kind of hobbles along because uh, they, they make another album uh, after Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Right, right, right. They make Adore, but they make it without Jimmy Chamberlain. And the sound of the band changes drastically. Um, the album Adore had Perfect and For Martha. Those were the songs on your playlist. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a, a distinctly different sound, not nearly as commercially successful uh, as Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, to say the very least. Mm-hmm. But it marked, at least in my opinion, um, a, a far more introspective Billy Corgan. Yeah, that album was written after the death of Billy Corgan's mother. Martha. Whose name is Martha. Oh, yes. gotcha. And, um, and after his divorce. Um, so at the, at the time, he's going through two great losses yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in his life. Um, I remember a few years ago, um, my wife and I were listening to the, um, uh, to the album in our house, and she loves it. I guess as much as I do, because for for me, it's actually my favorite Smashing Pumpkins album. Hmm. Um, uh, interestingly enough, people say, what, you're a Pumpkins fan and that's your favorite one? I'm like, yeah, it really is. Um, my wife was saying about it, it just, the whole thing carries with it a profound sense of mourning. Mm-hmm. Not whining and licking your wounds and you know like oh woe is me you know life yeah. is terrible that typical sort of you know you know adolescent crying you know but real mourning yeah you know you know you know because there's purpose for his yeah 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 you know really trying to come to grips with how to move on after having lost you know such a large part of yourself you know how to grapple with that the entire album deals with that mm-hmm. and 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 for me i i guess that's one of the reasons why i relate to it uh, so intensely because you know i can think of my own losses and how profound uh, those were and how you know the point of the point of writing songs about grief <clears throat> at least in my opinion, if they're to have any lasting value, you know, is not to whine about it and not to try to get over the pain. Rather, you're keeping the pain. You're just learning a new way to live with it. Mm-hmm. You know, Creating how, something new cre- out of it. Creating something new out of profound loss, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward with that, mm-hmm. you know. So 
We're getting into some deep stuff here on Music Shameless. Yes. <laughs> Our audience is like, oh, man. <laughs> so just just let's um, let's go forward. We have um, one more album on the playlist. Ah, um, uh, yes. Machina. <laughs> Machina, the machines of God. Which, Rachel, I, I don't think you liked quite as much because you had that with the everlasting gaze. Mm-mm, I didn't like... So, it took everything inside me not to skip this one <laughs> and call you up and say, I hate Allison, you also, yeah. Yeah. what is this? Well, I would just like to say for the record that that song was a request of Father Photius to put on the playlist. <laughs> it was, it was not was, originally on the playlist. It wasn't. That was my fault. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so the band kind of shifts and changes different people coming in and out. But Billy Corgan in a lot of ways, just is the smashing punch. He, he is the constant. Um, right. Uh, when uh, Machina is recorded, um, uh, Jimmy Chamberlain has come back to the band. Uh, the The truth be told, you know, when Billy Corgan talks about, you know, him leaving the band, um, Jimmy Chamberlain was the person that Billy Corgan always felt closest to. Hmm. And so, you know, asking him to leave what was really kind of traumatic yeah you know um getting him to come back billy corgan you know gets all excited mm-hmm. and, and and thinks okay th- this is great you know we're gonna we're, we're gonna go forward and we're gonna create some some new music and in the meantime james ehaw and especially darcy retsky are really getting burned out mm-hmm. um darcy retsky uh, records <clears throat> all of the bass parts for Machina, um, and she begins the tour with them, the sacred and profane tour, and then in the middle of one of the shows, she takes off her bass, slams it down, and walks off the stage and never comes back. Oh my. Yeah. She just smashed yeah, 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 yeah. She, she was just, that's it, I'm done. Uh, you know, she quit, and the three of them are still out on stage playing. Uh, it's kind of a spinal tap moment. Yeah, you, you know. Have you seen that yet, Rachel? Um, oh gosh. We, 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 we need to show her this. Maybe I might have. You wouldn't forget. It's like one of those cult um, following ones, and there's a couple things that. Um, there's the part where the 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 the. Uh, the tower the air control tower uh transmission is coming through on nigel's wireless guitar (laughs) and and he's trying to fix it and he's just frustrated because they're playing at a stupid air force base you know he takes his guitar off (laughs) he just throws it down in frustration and storms off the stage (laughs) you know i mean it really was almost exactly like that except not quite as funny so they broke up um, yeah, they did in uh, the uh, in the year two thousand. Uh, they played uh, two shows at the Metro, one of the first uh, venues where you know they became beloved to Chicago. Uh, um, they wrapped it up with Melissa Oftermar uh, playing she the bass. New she was she was the new bassist, um, you know, filling in for uh, for Darcy. Uh, the um, yeah the band ends in the year two thousand. Billy Corgan releases one solo album mm-hmm. in the year twenty o four, the Future Embrace, which is enjoyable I think probably to super you know hardcore Smashing Pumpkins fans, but wasn't uh, to me. But in, no 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 a, a a lot of people really did not care for it. Hmm. You know, and I understand why, you know. Um uh, it, it it's just it, it it doesn't have the same overall appeal as uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. In the year 2007, uh Billy Corgan decided he wanted to bring back the Smashing Pumpkins. He took out a full a, a full page ad in um, Chicago Times, I think, uh, and said, Pumpkins are coming back, but he only talked to Jimmy Chamberlain to start it back, and he said, well, the door was open for James Ehaw and Darcy, but he never contacted them. 
So, uh, so other musicians were, you know, brought in to fill their roles, and the and so this reconstituted Smashing Pumpkins has kind of continued up to this day. Only Jimmy Chamberlain is no longer with him, so it's just Billy Corgan and three other hired hands. And uh, so well, that's yeah. not the Smashing Pumpkins. Well, it? well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, yeah for 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 so many people, even the ones who acknowledge that you know Billy Horgan is the you know the, the, the create the, the creative control of the band. Uh, uh, a, a lot of people would concede that yeah, that indeed really is not the Smashing Pumpkins. Not so. in my mind. And I think Me Rachel, either. you have a question about the band. Yeah. So where did he get this name, or they got ah. this name? <laughs> well, again, that's a Billy Corgan thing. Uh, See, he, he is. He is the Smashing and Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, you know, in his uh, in his youth, uh, and uh, well, you know, he um, he he always had this idea that you know. God is definitely there, but he doesn't necessarily care. And in fact, he pro- he plays mean tricks on us a lot of the time. And so he said, you know, the, the name was based on that, the idea of smashing pumpkins. You know, this is this is what God does with us. Uh, it, it, you like mean, like on Halloween. Uh, just just one mean trick right after the other. You know, uh, to explain some of his lyrics, it 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 it, it does. You you see a lot of um, maltheism in in the early Smashing Pumpkins um, uh, work. You know, uh, uh, maltheism being the idea that there is you know a god, uh, you know, a supreme being, but that you know he or she is in fact malevolent. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, uh, delights in torturing the human race. So. So on that uplifting note, why don't <laughs> we talk about Rachel your favorites and least favorites? Which well, one do you want to start with the, with the good or the bad? Like, let's talk with about the bad. And I All think right. I talked a little bit already with the everlasting gaze and zero, um, zero, the sound of the heavy metal. Like, that's one of my favorites, man. I love that. Yes, song. yes, me too. Me too. Wait, you don't like it, Father? I love it. Oh, oh, you're like, saying me too to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I, I love Zero. Oh but my you don't gosh. like it, Rachel. Just... The heavy metal, like it just, it made me. No. <laughs> just well, no. Heavy metal is musically my first love, so uh, so of course it resonates with me. You know. I just remember being a teenager and thinking, this is dark and cool. It is dark and cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm you're a guy, you put on your eyeliner, you know. Bubbles. Yeah, so yeah. Zero is not the song for you. Yeah. Nope. I did want to talk a little bit about stuff that I did like. Great. Um, I love the piano. I think that was gorgeous. I love the lyrics of Landslide. Landslide is a cover, we should yes. point out. Yes, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's actually a Fleetwood Mac song. Um, Stevie Nicks wrote the lyrics to that one. <laughs> so, we'll but, get to Fleetwood Mac yeah, eventually. We'll get to Fleetwood Mac, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins make it popular? In the 90s? In the 90s, yeah. So people in, in our generation... Like, may, may not have heard Fleetwood Mac rumors. Uh, okay. we, we might not have heard it. You know, our parents heard it. No, I definitely yeah. heard the Smashing Pumpkins version okay. first. For yes. sure. As did I. I uh, the first version I heard was the Smashing Pumpkins, and then I got out my parents you know rumors record i'm like oh hey oh okay that's the original well i like the way the smashing pumpkins do it better (laughs) i really do like um cherub rock and i did get to talk a little bit about um his guitar talent in that and the beat and the sound um i use that song to get to expert on guitar hero i know it's guitar part really well yeah any other faves rachel so Last one I wanted to chat about was Perfect. Oh, wow. I think some of the lyrics out of that one were just really cool. Like, yeah. he said stuff where I was just like, yeah. That's For example? Like, you know, the next time, um, I promise I will be perfect. There's just that commitment and mm-hmm. how he just, he has that longing for perfection, but he knows he can't reach it now, but yeah. he has the longing for the future. Yeah, yeah, which gave me more hope and a little bit more light in him versus all the dark that I've been hearing. Yeah, yeah, 
you know, this is um, that particular song, you know, re- really is pointedly about his divorce. Um, mm. and, uh, and, and you do see in it, you know, both a sadness, mm-hmm. um, but, a hope uh, but, 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 but a hope that, that, you know, you know, perhaps, you know, uh, you know, I, I really want this to be the yeah. case, you know, you know, I promise we'll be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. did he um, ever get remarried? No, no. Hmm. I guess he never reached perfection. No, well, it's the case for most of us. So. <laughs> before we, um, before Rachel, you rate. Mm. I would like to hear from you, Father, briefly. Um, what's their legacy in your mind? Because this is your favorite band, correct? Yes, this really? is my favorite number band, one, number one of all time. And you're priest, so the yes. maltheism that you mentioned before <laughs> doesn't it doesn't seem quite to mesh. So my question uh-huh. is first of all like what's their musical legacy for Rachel's mm-hmm. sake? Like who have they influenced or what have they contributed? And then what personally draws you mm-hmm. to this band? Well, their legacy I think can be seen in such disparate acts and I I know it might sound like a stretch Rachel but, won't know the difference. Okay. Well, like maybe Twenty One Pilots. Okay. Um, it, it, you know, um, maybe even like Maroon Five. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't like Maroon Five. Uh, and, 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 you know, but but but, 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 but I, I I can hear some aspects uh, hmm. uh, of it in there. I'm just like, you guys would listen to the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, uh, uh, let's see here. Um, I, I can definitely hear some of it in the Killers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I definitely hear some of the Pumpkins in the Killers. Uh, so kind of like a, a broad influence from pop. Mm-hmm. Modern... Yeah, the, 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 there, the, there are quite a few people. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think performing in quite a few different genres who have really kind of taken a lead from the Smashing Pumpkins. Interesting. Yeah. So what about your personal... Because, because yeah. like we said, you know, and mm-hmm. Rachel picked up on it too, there's a lot of darkness here. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a lot of and darkness. And what attracts you to mm-hmm. that? Well, the, the, the fact that it all, it all kind of ends in hope. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, um, that's, uh, that's kind of really where it is for me. You know, um, you know, being a priest, you know, people would ask, you know, well, you know, how can you like this? You know, he says, God is empty, just like me. Yeah. You know, mm. uh, he says, Jesus was an only son for you. You know, how can you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how can you uh, get on board with this? And, uh, you know, I think Billy Corgan, you know, touches on some of those feelings that we as human beings have, those feelings of abandonment mm-hmm. um, by everyone, you know, sure. even, even by God. David. Yes, yes. Well, this this is my point. Okay, this what Billy Corgan is saying is nothing new. It's recorded in the Psalms. Okay, Mm -hmm. David, uh, you know, asking, you know, how long will you forget me? Or Christ saying, Why have you? Yes, our Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You you, you, you know, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Okay, and He's the God Man. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that's... those emotions are all within us as humans. But how yes. Billy, I I would say, delivers them in such a way, he brings them so personal, and mm-hmm. then he brings it in with the musical instruments of. Mm-hmm. I guess the part that I really liked with Smashing Pumpkins versus Nirvana, where the darkness is there mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. where you could hear the beauty of the control. Of the yeah. longing and the hope that there, even though there's yes. darkness, even though there's crazy, mm-hmm. I want to, I long for hope, I long for control, mm-hmm. I long for something perfect. Exactly. And do you feel, Rachel, that yeah. you, you heard that I heard in that. that music and that's what makes it different? That's what um, was surprising for me where hmm. I heard, eh, the heavy metal stuff, eh. That's okay. But... <laughs> Seeing that in each of the albums of his longing for perfection and knowing mm-hmm. that he can't have it here because mm-hmm. what the world 
offers is not perfection, but no. he still longs for it. Yes. And that was a very interesting thing to see out of his lyrics and even out of the instruments themselves. Oh, Because yeah. you could see that the instruments were saying those exact words. Well, exactly. You know, music, you know, says what words can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, when, when we hear a beautiful piece of music and we find ourselves yearning for something and we don't even know why... Yeah, you, 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 you know, you know that's the power of music, and we see that in the music of the Smashing Pumpkins, and you see, well, in Billy Corgan's later work, you know, at least lyrically, you know, you see a lot of that hope come to fruition. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's encouraging. So the Maltheism days are totally behind him. Uh, you, you know, uh, uh, you know, he's he is at peace. You know, and. It's great. <laughs> so how old is he now? He Gosh. is 51, 52. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's pretty normal working through all that stuff at that time period. I, 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 I would hope so. You can't stay an adolescent forever. Mm. So. so, Rachel, we have really, we've gone a lot of different places. We have. This, <laughs> this is a long episode, man. It is. But we've hit Thanks some... for listening, Stella. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of stuff, but hmm. what we all really just want to know is how are you going to rate this band on a scale of one to ten, uh, one being zero and ten being perfect? Hmm. Oh, wow. Perfect. I see what you did there <laughs> Thanks, with that. Yeah. I see what you did with that one. So I was really surprised, and then plus hearing a little bit more um, today, mm. um, I'm kind of even shocking myself. Um, 8.5. What? I know. Wait, really? That high? I'm really shocked. Nice. Like, I was shocked. I am. Especially with some of the lyrics where I'm like, ooh, he just totally said God isn't cool and I am. So, as a God fan, I resent. (laughs) Like, ooh, I don't know, but how do I, you know, but I can see him working through his heart and Mm -hmm. that's really I really like that invitation from him that he showed his heart. Absolutely. I am floored. I know, me too. <laughs> but uh, pleasantly surprised, an episode full of surprises. I know. Father, thank you so much for joining us today and lending your expertise and your insight yeah. for the Smashing Pumpkins. I, um, this was a really fun episode. I know it was a long one, but I learned a lot, and I just had fun, so thank you. Well, I'm, I, I'm happy to be of service. It's a, it's a great joy for me as well. Uh, it, it's not every day you know, someone sits me down just to talk to me about my favoritest band in the whole wide world <laughs> awesome. uh, and, and and so uh, it, it's uh yeah it, it's marvelous thank you Good. thank you thank you for having me you're welcome i'm glad you're here <laughs> audience if you want to follow along with rachel's journey please uh follow us on facebook and twitter you can also uh, rate and subscribe on itunes and see here the smashing pumpkins playlist and all our playlists by going to spotify and following us you can find us by searching for Spotify, colon, user, colon, music she missed. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. That second voice was not Rachel's. <laughs>